Sans Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies and cinema and also films. My name is Alexis Toliopoulos and joining me today instead of Cameron James is one of the, I guess you're my boss kind of. Yeah, I'm, well, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. if you could just refer to me as either Joel, Joel Dusha, Dusha or boss. I'll, I'll call you all of big them. boss boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by Joel Dusha from Sans Pants, aka my big boss boy. Yeah, hey, it's good to be here uh, at Total Reboot Studios. Uh, <laughs> Which is my study. <laughs> there is... Like, more films in this room than I think I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> hey, me too, brother. I've seen, I've seen like, 10% of them, I reckon. That's just love to collect them and tune myself within cinema. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good to, like, being the only podcast about movies, films, and cinema. Mm-hmm. You've just got to get them all. You've got to get every film. So exactly. That- I plan to do a podcast about every single film one day. Hey, that's a good idea. And since no one else out there is doing it... <laughs> You're the man for the job. I've got to do it, and i just got to bring other people in with me. What, am I going to be a psychopath talking to a microphone <laughs> by myself? Just going, movies are awesome? Well, I'm doing it with you. Yeah, it, and it's great to be here. I have been known to love movies and films and cinema myself. I know. I follow your letterbox. You've got one of my favorite letterbox accounts. Oh, thank you so much. I pride myself very heavily on my letterbox. <laughs> I'm glad that you do, and you have earned the right to do so. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you in a little secret. The mm-hmm. reason I have letterbox is because of you, Alexi. Get out of this. Yeah, get you, out uh, of this. Bit. <laughs> I used to keep a list of films on my phone, uh, just in like a yeah. notes app, like an absolute fucking madman. It like it was real serial killer yeah. shit. Um, <laughs> like just had like a list, just uh, a list. I like movie. <laughs> this movie, nice. And now everyone can see that. Now list. everyone can see it. I can just write four stars. I don't need to write. I like this movie. It's easy. It's great. Exactly. I used to do it on my Twitter, and I was like. You know, it was like effort because I had to get it into that little fucking... Yeah. This was before they put up the whole character limit. Yeah. So it was very small. And I was like, oh, God, i got to summarize and sound thoughtful within a few minutes. Yeah, you have like 140 characters to work with. Now and we're on like some 280 shit. So now like, 280. So now I could get back into it. You could get back into thesis, it. You know? <laughs> but then when Letterboxd came to my attention, and it did come to my freaking attention, oh. I, I, just conver- I just slowly over like three days just copy and pasted all of them in so I could keep track of it all. Yeah, I uh, I had to do the same thing, like convert oh, from notes the notes. To, yeah, did you ever keep like a physical book? No, ah, oh, that would have been. I would have been really proud if I did. Like, I yeah. think that if I think that if I had have had that thought about ten years ago, I absolutely would have. <laughs> I had the thought, and I wrote one entry, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck this shit!" And it was like one that was specifically for that. Like, someone bought it for me. It was like you put the name of the movie, you can put the year, the director's got it all listed out. And it was The Room was the only one because I just watched it was like this time I'm going to kickstart it this movie is one that I adore and I've gotten lots to yeah. write about and I was just writing and I was like oh fuck this it's just in a fucking book that I'm going to never look at yeah 
It's kind of that would be like kind of like showing someone your diary as well. Like, there's no way where you can be like, "Hey, I've got this review book that I've written." People be like, "Okay, um, don't know why you're handing this to me. This yeah, feels too personal." Check out this weird fucking book that's got all these notes in it. That's like got turned over pages. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, on this podcast, if you're listening to it for the first time, uh, we talk about reboots, remakes, and ripoffs, and compare and contrast them with their original movies. And by chance, you messaged me this week saying that you're going to be in town. Yeah, so we're in Sydney. I'm usually in Melbourne. Uh, it's it's good to get a change of scenery. <laughs> see the other studios that are floating around, yeah, like this one. There's a guy. There was a guy soaring into the cement <laughs> outside minutes before you arrived. When I yeah, when I arrived, he was still there. The saw was on the ground though, and he was just sitting on like a fence smoking a cigarette. So. Taxpayer dollars at work right there. That's how we do shit up this side in Sydney. Yeah, that's good. You work for a few minutes, then you go have a durry. Yeah. Hey, well-earned durry break. (laughs) Well-earned durry break. So you hit me up, and you said that you want to do Evil Dead. Yeah, so the Evil Dead... I noticed that you hadn't done it for Total Reboot yet. And the Evil Dead trilogy is, like, one of my favorite film series. Um, I adore them. I saw them, like, when I was first... uh, It was just after high school, so, like, first year uni kind of thing. And fell in love straight away. Uh, the reboot also came around, and I went to a midnight premiere of it. Fuck, really? Yeah. Um, I was real nervous, but also, like, excited. And, look, we'll save my thoughts on that <laughs> for later. That's a bit yeah. of a sizzle. A little sizzle for you guys yeah, to hey. stick around for a couple of weeks or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, how do I... Yeah, I'm a professional. I know how podcast sizzles work. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, so, I, look, it's good, it's good to plant the seed. <laughs> Plant that seed and let's water it down a little bit. <laughs> let's just let's just let's just keep an eye on that seed. So you were nervous for the reboot? Mm. Why so? Was it because you don't like remakes or so the I was, sacred texts? It, well, I have no real issue. Like, I don't watch a reboot or a remake or mm. something and then be like, fuck this, you've like wrecked my original movie. I hate this. But I was just like more nervous that it might kind of I guess wreck the Evil Dead brand in the sense of like if you're like being like, hey, I love the Evil Dead movies. People then getting more familiar with the reboot, and they're like, oh no, it's just like boring, gory horror, like torture porn, basically. So I think I was more just concerned that like people would never watch Evil Dead two again if this re- remake sucked, <laughs> and that would be basically a crime against cinema. It would have to be. I hadn't seen. I'd only seen the original film a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I love horror as well. It's like my favorite genre. But this has just kind of been that one franchise that... Or, I mean, I think it's a franchise that turned me off because I'm like, where do I start? Yeah. Is with like, you know, I've never seen all the Friday the 13th. I hadn't seen the Nightmare on Elm Streets until a couple of years ago as well. And I think with this one in particular, where it's the trilogy of films, The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness... Uh, seeing them and kind of like being peripherally familiar with them, I'm like, what the fuck is this franchise? Because <laughs> like, you know, the first movie is like this really low budget weird thing. The second one's like a remake of that, but funny. Yeah. And the third one's like, I was like, there's like knights and castles. I'm like, I've no, I was like, I felt, <laughs> I just felt like I was like very, um, I, I found it very hard to approach them. Yeah. And then that remake came around and I didn't see that either because... You know, this was something that I think you and I will relate relate to. We're both horror fans. We're yes. the same age. Yes. And I think that horror fans like us, we never gravitate to what was happening when we were 
like in our teen years yeah. where you're really susceptible to it. Because it was like that, you know, hostel, yeah, hostel sore, sore. gore, torture porn. And it just like, I found that so icky. Did you like that kind of uh, stuff? Not much. So like, I was never super into horror until I got to university. Like, mm. to be honest, Evil Dead is probably the films that like really? got me into horror movies. Yeah. I saw Evil Dead and I've seen the first three Nightmare on Elm Streets. So I saw those around the same time. I think that's similar to me was like when I went to uni and was studying film. I was like, this is all about like directors using technique to get a response from the audience. And I was like, this is, I learned so much about like how to fucking make movies from horror films. Yeah. And um, so I'd seen, I think like one or two of the Saw films in the cinema, but there was one where I was like, I would have been like 15 or 16 and like I was seeing it with friends and I was like, no, I can't do this. And then like, (laughs) I just like left. Really? Yeah. Like the movie. Badass. Yeah. So I was like, (laughs) we're in the cinema, in the cinema, sitting in the background. There was like five of us. The movie like just started and like the Saw music. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I was like, my palms were like sweating. Fuck. I was like nervous as fuck. And yeah, I just like bailed. That's I ended up of... seeing, um, I think I saw Good Luck Chuck instead that day. I think you made a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so Evil Dead was like your horror franchise yes, that yes, you connected yeah. to. So um, I probably would never have watched it if it wasn't for a friend that had seen them and loved them because of the same reason that you said, which is just like, if you just from the outset, it's so confusing because the first two look the same, yeah. like like posters and advertising or even the trailer or whatever. But then the third one is set in like the 1600s, and there's like a car, but there's also skeletons, and there's like knights and a king, and there's like comic books and there's video games. Yeah, and I kind of just like I had no idea what what it was. Yeah, and I was familiar enough with like Sam Raimi, like especially from the Spider Spider Man films, yeah. which I just adore those films. And uh, or two of those films, I love all three. Really? Now? Yeah, I'm a big fan of number three. I reckon that's like when Sam Raimi went like full Sam Raimi on yeah. Spider Man. Like he's just <laughs> taking no prisoners. He was just like, all right, audience, if you're not familiar with my work, you this is, this is it. Just <laughs> strap yourselves it. in. I think I just found it like I was overwhelmed by it because we tried watching it again earlier this year for Spider. Like we came and I did a Spider Man series. Yep, and that was the one where I was like, I can't finish this because yeah. I just love those two. I was like, these are American classics, and the third one was like, this is too strange. Just, this is, yeah. I don't know what's going on. It it um Spider Man three. It's weird, and the pacing is fucked. Like I won't defend it. It's not a five star <laughs> film by any means, but um. There's just, like, so much stuff in it that I do love. And, like, stuff that people hate. I'm also a fan of, like, the emo Spider-Man stuff. I love that. It's so good. That dance. The oh. dance is so good. It's just, magnetic to see him like that. Yeah, it's it, it's also, like, just so funny, like, imagining Sam Raimi directing <laughs> Tobey Maguire to do that. <laughs> to do like, a little hair toss. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's so good. Um, Yeah, the Venom stuff sucks, but then you get that payoff of, like, like um, Eddie Brock praying in a church for God to kill Spider-Man. Whilst Peter Parker is like tearing the Venom suit off, hitting the bell. That's so sick. It's so over the top and it rules. I love how sweet that is. It's like, please kill Spidey, please. <laughs> you got to go into a church and pray if you want anything crazy to happen. Yeah. And oh boy, the crazy stuff happened in that church. <laughs> I think, did you like Sam Raimi before you got to these films as well? Uh, no. I, oh, I only, I'd only seen Spider-Man. Mm. So um, after watching Evil Dead though, I got super into like, I watched Dark Man, which also rules. 
Yeah, I've never seen Dark Man. It's real good. Uh, Liam Neeson. It's so I'm sure you know the story though. But he made that to prove that they should give him Batman, and they ended up giving him Spider Man like ten years later. Yeah, which doesn't really make sense to me. If you watch Dark Man, you're not like this man should make a Spider Man movie. <laughs> we got to get him. We if only this guy slung a couple of fucking webs around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like a real like it's like a superhero movie, but it's like very gothic-y. Like yeah. he's can only be in the sun for so long, and or his skin melts. It's yeah, it's, it's full on. That sounds delicious. Yes. Liam Neeson in the main role. Oh, God. I want to see Liam Neeson with a melted head so yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I think he like he falls into like the, a vat of acid or something like that. And then, yeah, he gets Joker superpowers. Style. So he can like change how he looks, but he can only be in the sun for 100 minutes or daytime oh, wow. 100 minutes. It's 100 minutes feature length. Yeah. That's what's cool. He can go and watch like a... He can go to a rooftop cinema <laughs> yeah. and he can watch a film. But he's got to get back yeah, he's inside. He's got to get got to get back inside. It's going to be like a tight 85, uh, 95 film and he's got to pray that there's no move. Like you can only see Men in Black. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Men in Black's the only film that like... Um, I think for this episode, we should go through that original trilogy, the Sam Raimi... Sounds good. Evil Dead trilogy. Let's kick it off with the... First one, the 1981 classic, The Evil Dead. I fear that the only way to stop those possessed by the spirits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. I don't care what happens to her. She's your girlfriend, you take care of her. The Evil Dead. The ultimate experience in grueling terror. <laughs> when a group of college students finds a mysterious book and recording in the wilderness cabin they've rented for the weekend, they unwittingly unleash a demonic force from the surrounding forest. Very, very full on. Uh, also, not that scary. Not it's so that scary. F- so funny to watch this movie mm. and think that in the UK they were like nope this is too much banned <laughs> we're gonna ban this film no thank you it's a fucking <laughs> chick getting her head cut off no thank you <laughs> it's a little bit too scary for us You're gonna, the queen's gonna watch this movie every movie that comes in here the queen has to watch and she ain't gonna pull up with this no thank oh, you oh dearie me this is that was almost Mickey Mouse <laughs> look at what you've done to Minnie our queen look at what you've done she can't watch this stuff <laughs> Her corgis, oh her corgis are getting upset. <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> they hate the movie too. It's like that weird video nasty thing where yeah. they like banned all these movies, and every time you like kind of bring one up and watch them, you're like, "What was like? Yeah. Why?" It's so the video nasty stuff. Like my brain is like, oh, "Okay, I guess it was banned in the '80s." But like when the movies were finally re-released uncut, mm. that is always way later than I'm expecting. Like, yeah. I think a Clockwork Orange was like 2001 or something. That's crazy. Like, that's that's when freaking the that's when the freaking Obelix started happening yeah. in Jupiter. <laughs> so that little baby started growing yeah, out of no, the universe. That's fucked. They were like, oh guys, to pre- like we got to prepare everyone for big space baby. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch Clockwork Orange now. Yeah, okay. That's how we're gonna defeat it. We're gonna kill the baby. We're gonna kill the freaking baby. We gotta kill the baby. But it's like all of those things. Like I watched one the other week called Dead and Buried, mm-hmm. and there was nothing in there that I wouldn't show a 14 year old kid. Yeah. Including a pair of boobies. Whoa! 14-year-old <laughs> boys love boobies. They would be obsessed with that movie in that movie. <laughs> but I think this movie is like... This is like... the So, oh, the video Nazis is like this thing in England where they just like banned movies that had like, you know, something offensive or gores, anything that would yeah. deem offensive. So there was like a... Um... There was a law changed. It was like an Obscenities Act was yeah. updated so that films could be 
deemed like illegally obscene basically yeah. and yeah it meant that like a lot of horror movies or any film film that has like intense gore but mm. like by 80s standards or like sexual violence or things like that were just like banned which it's like i get it kind of i guess but like looking back at the list you just like like Why? there's classics like this on there that yeah. is like apart from a tree doing some really fucked up shit, uh, they're pretty tame movies. Yeah, and you know there's there, obviously there's some like in the list that you're like, oh yeah, I, I guess why. But then like, stuff like you know, Sala. All right, Sala, I get that exactly. You're gonna <laughs> see someone actually eat shit. Okay. Yeah, uh, like and like um like Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand why mm. you wouldn't want to share that. But yeah, Evil Dead. You can pr- you can probably release that one. I think so, especially like this movie's kind of a like a miracle. I think that this should be one of those films that they show you in film school for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it is just like it's been made for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I mm-hmm. think. And this is in nineteen eighty, based when they're making it. And Sam Raimi is twenty fucking years old. <laughs> That's fucked up. He's twenty years old. He's made a short he made a couple of short films yeah. and he made a short film that was basically a proof of concept for this film called Within the Woods. Within the Woods. And um uh he used that to kind of get funny yeah. beg, borrow and steal from everyone he yeah. knows to make this feature film. And I think that this is like there's so many a lot of the a lot of these great first films have since this used that conceit of like yeah. You know, we've got a cabin in the woods. It's a single location. Yeah. It's a horror. There's an outside force that you don't see too much. And then in this, this is, I bet, like, this is the gold standard still. Yeah. Because it's just like, you've got this 20-year-old kid that shows that he's got like, this great understanding of storytelling. And there's not a shot that's bad in this movie. No, there's a lot of, like, cheap shots. But, like, the idea is still good. Like, I in this film, there's, like, a few moments where you're just like... I see what they tried to do and they've kind of fucked it up. <laughs> but yeah, it's not bad. Like this one, there's an exterior shot of the cabin and was clearly shot either at daytime or like it, it must have just been shot in daytime and they've just like projected a picture of the moon, but you can see the square around the moon with like the light of the projection. <laughs> and like, it's just stuff like that's like, this is a dream that you yeah. guys have done this. Like it's incredible. I had an experience a few years ago where I worked on this film called Red Christmas, mm-hmm. which is a horror movie film in Australia. It's like a single location Christmas horror movie that's like gory and stuff. And like when I watch this, I'm like reminded of that experience. And it's kind of like, this is would have been so, you know, it's difficult to make a movie. It's so much hard work. Yeah. But like just, I think movies like this are fun. Yeah. To make. And it like, <laughs> Sam Raimi would have saved a lot of money by, uh, it's all just practical effects. Like he's hidden... Bruce Campbell with bats and stuff just so that it looks real. Being like, all right, Bruce Campbell, throw yourself into that bookshelf. <laughs> like, you need to break that for real. And I think, like, Bruce Campbell was, like, a friend of his. Yeah, basically. they were, like, best friends. And he is, like, in across these three movies, but in this first one in particular... He's a fucking movie star waiting to be born, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, his charisma is off the chain. He's got that beautiful fucking chin. Like that <laughs> It's just, beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful dimpled chin. Where he's got this, like, he looks like Elvis. And he's got this, like, or he looks like geeky, like, gangly yeah. Elvis. And he's got this unibrow in the first movie. Yeah. Where it's just like, and then... And he, a bowl haircut for some of it as well. A beautiful bowl haircut. Yeah. And it's just like... To see through that and then just go like, no, this guy's got this untapped charisma. Yeah. There's something about him. He's got that X factor. But in this movie, just the way that he can kind of deliver lines, I think that he's so responsible for like that kind of undercurrent of like the comedy throughout this. Yeah. 
Because this one, a lot of people, when they watch these, like, ah, oh, The Evil Dead is, like, a very low budget, but, like, quite serious mm. horror movie. But it actually is, like, intentionally funny at points. Mm. Like, there's a lot of just, like, weird bits, but, like, they're weird in the sense of, like, the dialogue is meant to be kind of funny. There's meant to, like, lift the tension by just, like, joking around for a bit. Mm. And, yeah, Bruce Campbell kills it. Um, with the first one as well, an, an interesting thing is the story was planned out. Yeah. But due to like actors' availabilities and the fact that everyone was working relatively cheap because it was such a low budget, I think Sam Raimi just slowly changed the story over and over. So like, if you go back and you watch it, because in Within the Woods, the short film, Bruce mm. Campbell's killed like halfway through. Mm. And I think in The Evil Dead, Bruce Campbell was never really intended to be the main character. It just He was just around the most because... He doesn't really do that much in the first half of the film that all of a sudden he's definitely the main character. Yeah, and it's it's almost odd for a horror movie of this sort where it's people getting picked off. Yeah. That it's not, you know, the trope of the final girl. You know, yeah. Especially after Friday the 13th, Halloween. Yeah. At this point, you're anticipating like, yeah, it's the final girl. And you're watching this and you're just like, what? Why is it this cool guy? <laughs> Why is it the cool funny guy that's the one that's sticking around now? The hot guy that definitely should have been killed at some point in this movie. Yeah, because he's kind of like... at first he comes across kind of just like he's he's just like a doofus he's like funny but like dumb and Mm. he's got a girlfriend but then yeah he kind of gets a little bit more serious but he's still like dumb yeah he's he's got it doesn't make sense that he's the final survivor like it doesn't follow any horror tropes (laughs) but he and there he is and i'm so happy to have him i think what are some of your favorite effects in this movie because it is just like this absolute watching it now it's like this love letter to all things practical effects. Especially yeah. putting in context like, you know, Star Wars has just happened like a few <laughs> years before yeah. this that just kind of blew up everything you could kind of do on screen. And I think that's kind of like where when I think of when I have to put I find this movie so hard to put like into cultural context. Yeah. Because to imagine this comes out in nineteen eighty one is insane to me. Because it just seems like so far advanced for what you could do with such little bit of money. Yeah. In a fucking woods with no budget, with people that are so young and untrained filmmakers. Yeah. And just to make something this miraculous is insane. It's got these incredible deaths. What what is some of your favorite I gore love- moments? So just the ending of the film when like characters start melting mm. and it's kind of like you end up with like this weird mix of like it looks almost like a mix of like Play-Doh and Muppets and <laughs> it's disgusting. It's like, disgusting but the skull is the wrong shape for a yeah. human. So it's like you can't even be like, oh God, this I'm feeling mortal watching this. But it's like, no, this is just fucking awesome. Yeah, it fucking rules. <laughs> and a lot of the gore and stuff like that, they managed to make it just through the effects they're using. It doesn't, it just kind of gives you like the creeps because you can almost smell the movie. You're like, that must smell oh, awful. Cause it's a lot of like, so well put. Like, he uses a lot of like white pussy liquids and stuff like that. So like, it's just, people don't spit blood. They spit like a white pus. Yeah. Like a, it's basically milk is what yeah. I gather. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of that. And just like, just at the end, every time I watch it, I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> yuck. It's like a profoundly yucky movie. Yeah. Like, it's in particular, there's one scene, you know. Um, this, <laughs> spoilers for the Evil Dead. Spoilers for the Evil Dead, but also, you know, trigger warning. Just this is some, well, We're going to say something <laughs> that is truly insane, and it's yuck. Um, a woman, and this happens three times in this franchise, so we're going to mention it a few times. There's a woman that gets, um, you know, a tree penetrates her yeah 
and that's what kind of caught where the everything kind of begins from. Someone yeah, reads like this incantation from the Necronomicon, which is this disgusting book made of mm-hmm. human flesh with a face on it, bound in human flesh, written in human blood. <laughs> and then they say the line um, in like lat, or they're playing this. They're playing a tape that plays the incantation that awakes the evil dead. Yep. And then the one of the ladies runs out into the woods, and then a tree tangles her up, and yep. you slowly it's, the tree. It comes to, you know, really do awful. Yeah. It's... it's, So, that's the one scene in the movie that Sam Raimi was like, I kind of regret putting it in, because especially in the 80s and stuff like that, a lot of, like... It was just, um, like, rape revenge films were starting to get popular at that point. You've got I Spit on Your Grave, stuff like that. Yeah, I Spit on Your Grave, stuff like that. Uh, Last House on the Left... And Sam Raimi was like, oh, no, I don't really like those type of movies. I just did this because it was, like, shocking. And he's like, I kind of regret it because it comes across, like, um, misogynist and stuff like that. So he's actually gone on record and said, look, if I had my time again, I wouldn't put that scene in it. Which, hey, that's something. But it's also fucking wild to just have that in the first half an hour of a movie. And also, you've had your time again. That I'm pretty sure it's covered in Evil Dead 2. It's not in Evil Dead 2. It's not in Evil Dead 2. It's It's in... in the remake, though. It's weird in the remake, though, because it's not a tree that does it. Yeah. She's held down by trees, but it's like... It's, hey. it's, we'll say that for next Yeah, week. we'll say... Bit of, we'll, we'll cover this in the reboot episode. <laughs> oh, bit of, just look at that seed that we planted earlier. God. Oh, it's starting to... It's starting to... Hang on. Is, is that starting to sprout? It's starting to become a freaking tree, dude. No! <laughs> no! No! We don't want that! Don't! Oh, we should... Mm, I mean, the Coens edited it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> Isn't crazy. It crazy that Coen Brothers like edited this movie as like juniors? Yeah. The Coen Brothers, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell all started in the same fucking film, and that's wild. It's insane, right? Yeah. It's like they would... The Coen Brothers were inspired by this. Go like, oh, you can just make a little short film, and then you can make a movie based yeah. on it. And then they made Blood Simple, yeah. which is like just at, like as good as this is as like a crazy horror movie. Yeah. That is like... As good as, like, being a fucking prestige thriller movie. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Like, I know that people often look at, like, Reservoir Dogs Mm. or Clerks as, like, oh, it's one guy's vision, it was a small location. But, like, movies like that are impressive. But Mm. it happened ten years earlier with this. Yeah. Huh. It's so good. (laughs) And, And, like, this is just... It's truly a wild movie. I would say that if you've never caught up with the original The Evil Dead, I think that this is... It's totally worth watching. Yeah. And I think it's one that you like, it's more as a history nerd that I can really get into this because you take it with a grain of salt because it's not like, it's not prestige, it's no. not polished at all. No. Uh, but it looks stunning. Yeah. Like the way that they kind of like create fear through, like we were saying earlier, through technique, through using the camera in certain ways, um, on like this really meager budget to just bring the sense of hopelessness and the sense of like impending doom and fear, yeah, is phenomenal and so creative. Like they've got these these they've got these shots of like. Um, kind of like this shapeless force charging at them and charging through the forest and going through the house. And that's kind of taken in these POV shots. And I find POV shots in horror films, it's like this very simple way of creating something very effective yeah, to make it feel like you're being watched by something. Yeah. And in this film, it's done in this way where like it's steady cam, but it's more like a shaky steady cam. And to do that, what they've done is they've rigged a camera onto a plank of wood and they have two camera operators <laughs> running with it. Yeah. So, which is like, it's very difficult to balance something like that. Yeah. So it kind of gives like this sense of like this, like really 
It's like a... How describe? It's like wild, untamed. And it also creates tension because the characters can see whatever that is mm. or like can at least sense it. Mm. But you never, as the audience, see what that unseen force is. They- it's just... <laughs> It's just a thing that's chasing them in the woods. And then, like, the final one... Like, the final shot of this film is uh, this camera charging for a long time. Yeah. Through, like, this point of view shot of, like, something... Some force charging through the forest, charging through the house at Bruce Campbell. And what I read, they how they did that is they put a camera on the front of a bike. Yeah, Sam Raimi just rode <laughs> his bike into Bruce Campbell in that scene. Um, Bruce Campbell, I think it's... He has, like, kind of a little bit of a limp, and that happened because of something that... I think it's in this film. Like, really? one of the stunts, like, he kind of, like, heard... Sam Raimi heard him, and, like, it was just, like, an accident, and now he kind of walks with, like... It's not, like, a huge limp, Forever. but yeah, kind of fucked him up. Jeez, I would love to have a friend do something like that to me so I could hold a grudge over them my whole <laughs> life. Just, like... um, uh, There's just so many, like... that, Like, the POV shots are so good, but just, like, Bruce Campbell's commitment to physical... Just doing physical things with his body. Mm. Like, there's a lot of scenes of him being thrown by other characters into, like, walls or bookshelves or f- frames. And that's so real. You can tell because, like, the props don't break like props would. Like, he actually <laughs> has to, like, throw himself into these things. like Into this wooden bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. There's one scene where he breaks, like, three bookshelves in one room. Like, just all in, like, a space of, like, ten minutes. It's... It just, like, kind of hurts to watch. Mm. But it's also... It's a bit funny. I think... I, yeah, that's the thing is, like... The weird thing with this movie is... The reputation of Evil Dead 2 has far outweighed yeah. this. And that's a movie that people are most familiar with. And that is a horror comedy film. For the yes. most... For, definitely, you would categorize it as that. And then this film, I don't think that you would categorize it as that. I think no, you'd say that's... It's a horror movie. Fairly straight horror movie. But there's just these little touches that yeah. just, like lighten it and make it now i think it's like with the you know the test of time it's kind of become like this it's become funnier yeah it's it's a little campy at points as well and i think that also makes it like funnier i guess yeah just it's i think this film is so wildly entertaining it's like so tight it's 85 minutes long yeah this whole trilogy is like about 200 minutes long. <laughs> you could breeze through it in like the like the time that it would take to watch any other movie yeah you could watch these mo- this trilogy three times in the time it would take you to watch The Irishman once. Yeah. So this November, you've got a choice of doing one session of The Irishman or watching these movies a total of nine times. Yeah. <laughs> That's your choice. That's all you've got to do. Before we move on to The Evil Dead 2, which mm-hmm. I feel like we're about to, I one feel thing like with in. The Evil Dead that we didn't touch on is the sound design and the sound <gasps> is so good. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the gore is like yuck in the sense of like, it doesn't look real, but it looks like disgusting. Yeah. The sound is like really, really overwhelming. So a lot of the time it's just like deafening, like scary, intense. So like that just adds to the horror element and like makes the audience member like uncomfortable without really having to do too much like visual stuff. And I think that you nail it on that. It's like so much of the horror is created that way in a really unique way as yep. well. Like the 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 ghouls of this movie are like the uh, you know uh, the friends in this cabin kind of becoming possessed, possessed by this evil spirit. And the way that they kind of show that is by this like truly horrendous like this high level pit high pitch level insane cackling yeah like it's it's it to bring like this immense fear and this hopelessness through like someone like 
sounds like they're bullying you. Like, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they're laughing at you. It's really horrendous cackling. I don't. I can't think of any example of something like that apart from you know maybe the Wicked Witch of the West in yeah. the Wizard of Oz, which fucking Raimi would go on and do yeah. these. <laughs> Magnificent Mr. Oz, whatever it's called. Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Oz the Great and Powerful. Um, that is a movie that doesn't exist today. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those a movie that was lost to time, yeah. like many great silent films, is Oz the Great and Powerful. Uh, yeah, it's um, the only other movie I can think of that does like stuff similar. So we've got the we have The Exorcist, I guess. Uh, yeah. Like the whole, like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. How dare you? Yeah, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Come on, dude. Uh, You invite me into your podcast and they say such crude things. My mother's a beautiful woman, a beautiful Greek woman. (laughs) She's going to heaven. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, she might go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) She might get busy down there, too. Uh, Let's move on to The Evil Dead 2. You don't think so. There's something out there lives out in those woods in the dark something that's come back from the dead Evil Dead 2 from 1987, so a few years later, directed once again by Sam frickin' Raimi. Oh, he's back, baby. The sequel to the ultimate experience in grueling terror. Ash Williams and his girlfriend, Linda, find a log cabin in the woods with a voice recording from an archaeologist who had recorded himself reciting an ancient chants from the Book of the Dead. As they play the recording, an evil power is unleashed, taking over Linda's body. What the heck? That sounds the exact same That's, movie. Oh my god. Uh, that... Alexi, isn't that just Evil Dead? I would say, Dusha, that is just Evil Dead. It is. Uh, Why would you make a freaking sequel that's the same thing, okay? What are you, the freaking 2018 or something? The modern day, okay? A lot of this happens today. So, the reason that that happened and is because Sam Raimi didn't have rights for his own film to use clips from the Evil Dead as a recap of Evil Dead 2. So the first five to ten minutes of Evil Dead 2 is just a very quick, refilmed recap of the Evil Dead. And it's kind of just a little bit remixed as well because yep. they're like we don't we we don't have time to bring in all the characters <laughs> yeah. in this ten minute version. <laughs> and I, I think it's I because I you know, I watched Evil Dead 2 out of apropos of nothing apart from it just being the spooky season, baby. Yeah, hey. Happy Halloween. <laughs> and thank you very much. I accept that and a happy Halloween unto oh, thee as well. Oh my god, you're so you're so kind. <laughs> I'm a gracious host. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're a lovely host. And then I watched that and you messaged me as soon as I logged into Letterboxd like, hey, can we do this? Because <laughs> this is a reboot. I'm like, holy shit, this is a remake. Yeah. Absolutely. It's And it's so fascinating to say they lost the rights to their cheap ass movie. Yeah. So they had to redo it again. They redo it from the... Like, I was struck by how different the remake section is. Mm. In the... Not just like how sped up it is, the lightness of tone, but also like... I f- watching this, I f- felt like the influence of another director coming in. Yeah, that I didn't, f- or another filmmaker rather. Um, I didn't expect this to be so Ray Harryhausen heavy. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with Ray Harryhausen, listener, he was a special effects creator from like 1950s kind of classical cinema. He did Jason and the Argonauts. He did uh, Clash of the Titans, the mm-hmm. original. Lots of great movies. A lot of time with like Greek mythology involved. Yep. Dinosaurs, stuff like that. Creatures. 
and they would all be like these stop motion animated creatures. Yeah. So a lot of the times it would be like skeletons fighting. So you would have seen, as soon as I'm seeing this, I'm sure you know exactly what we're talking about. Like claymation kind of creatures in the same, like they're obviously miniatures, but they're in the same setting, kind of uh, superimposed or rotoscoped onto images of people. Yeah. Like their, their life size. Yeah. And in this, in this intro, uh, this recap where you see like the they kind of get trapped in the woods because the bridge that they cross in Evil Dead is breaks down. Yeah, and in Evil Dead it's just shown as like their wheel kind of breaks through and they're like, oh, I guess we can't go yada yada yada. Yeah. So when in the first Evil Dead, when um, I can't remember which girl it is, but the one who gets trapped in the forest, um, when she drives back, the bridge is just like broken. It's just broken, or it might even be flooded. Anyway. It's not like it's just like broken, but yeah. And the second one is it's like snapped and peeled back or something. It's yeah, it's peeled back almost like it's uh been shot like with a, with a cartoon shotgun when <laughs> like like when Bugs Bunny puts a cigar down Elmer Fudd's shotgun and explodes and yeah. peels away. It's like that, and you kind of see Ash um uh when he goes to find like when he finds the destroyed bridge, he find like he's he's life size, but like. The perspective's just a little bit off, or the 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 scale of everything's just a little bit yeah. off. And I find that that's something that I I love is being able to see like kind of like why I kind of now watching these I treasure this franchise because yeah. I I really adore being able to see the mechanics at work, like how like capturing the hard work that goes into creating movie magic. Yeah, hey, and Sam Raimi, he's a, he's a grown man now. He's like 26 when he's making this rather than a <laughs> fresh fa- fresh faced 20-year-old. He's, he's not a baby anymore. He is it's fucked that he's still younger than <laughs> us at this point. That fucking pisses me off. He's probably still younger than me making freaking magical Mr. Magoo was, okay? <laughs> um, but, like, this... I I did not anticipate how truly funny this would be. Because this is, like, a pu- like a proper, hardcore, like, slapstick performance now by Bruce Campbell. He's... he. Uh, so, Bruce Campbell, the reason he got into acting is he just loved, like, Three Stooges. Mm. And you don't see that in the first one, except for, I guess, him throwing himself into bookshelves and physical comp... Like, just the physical prowess, I guess, of his performance. But in this one, it's just full-blown Three Stooges at points. Like, the se- my favorite scene in this film is probably when everything in the room starts laughing. Mm. And, like, he starts laughing as well. And, like, there's a little desk lamp that's, like, moving up and down with him. And he just starts mimicking its movement. <laughs> it's so good. It's th- those moments where this movie goes absolutely batshit to the next level. Yeah. Where it's, like, you know, it looks like the McAuliffe show where, like, the house <laughs> is, like, slanted and stuff. And, like, that Pee Wee Herman shit where everything's kind of becoming alive around him. Yeah. And his hand becomes possessed. Yeah. Uh, that is, like... I, I didn't know that was going to happen. Like, I oh, so you didn't know about Ash's hand. I didn't know about Ash's hand. I'd seen the photographs of him with like the saw Ch- on his hand, hand. the yeah. chainsaw hands, but I never was like, I think I never put two and two together. Like, oh, he must lose his hand so, yeah, somehow. Well, I guess like when you're watching it, you could just assume that he's made like a glove for the chain. Like his hand, <laughs> his hand could be in there. But, um, his hand could fit in there comfortably. But no, no, he cuts his hand off. Um, it's kind of like 
him getting revenge on the evil spirit when he cuts it off. He's like, yeah, how do you like this? And then, yeah, his hand is possessed and is the main antagonist of the film, basically. <laughs> and that is, like, it's incredible. The main antagonist of this film is his hand. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Gives him the finger and Ash hates it. <laughs> he, like, he absolutely hates it. <laughs> he's so offended. He's so upset by it because I would never do that with himself. He's using his own <laughs> hand against him. And I think this is so fun in that, like, then it's like, oh, well, now it's only Ash left. We have to bring people back into the situation <laughs> and the way they kind of bring like this group of four people together uh it's four new people right uh, i think it's just the two the two and this one isn't it like a redneck guys well it's just a two right it is two yeah it is two so and so ash kills his girlfriend who's become possessed buries her body um then he gets possessed which is where evil dead one finishes yeah uh but then the sun comes up and he's unpossessed again and then people come back to the cabin looking mm. for the original owners, I think. I guess so. And then they think that he's possessed. Uh, he's killed them because there's blood on the floor. I'm pretty sure there's only two. There might be three. I haven't seen The Evil Dead two in a while, but like, I watched it this it week. And I, but I watched all these movies yeah. this week. They were, and you can't blame me. These films blend together because they're the same movie for a lot of us. And then, uh, what are some other highlights of this movie? Oh, so when his hands first possessed but mm. still attached to his body, it drags him into the kitchen and starts breaking plates over his oh. head. It's beautiful. Oh, it grabs him by, and he can. St- he used to do this at Comic Con and stuff like that. He can flip himself because there's a scene where his possessed hand grabs the scruff <laughs> of his neck and flips him over himself, so he just like comes crashing on the ground. Ah, oh, it's so good. Uh, and then the the cl- <laughs> the climax of this movie is thrilling because it's like now the archaeologist's daughter comes back yeah. and she somehow has found more pages to the book of the dead yeah. to the necronomicon and so she's bring- she brings it <laughs> she brings him in and then you 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 find out through more recordings from the father or he comes back as a ghost for moments and says the way you can yeah. do this is by reading the incantation from your from your new pages of the book and so what it does it opens a vortex yep. to another dimension or through time at this point you're not really sure and it starts sucking everything out. And yeah. because Ash is now the only survivor... Because the daughter, whilst reading it, gets stabbed <laughs> in the back by Ash's hand. <laughs> Holding, like, this bone dagger. Yeah, that's which, it- uh, that's discovered with the book in the mm. first one. But I think in the second one, it's just there. It comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of the most... It's one of the more disgusting weapons, I would yeah. say. Do we stab by another person's bone? <laughs> no, thank you. I'll, I'll take a knife, thank you. Yes. A knife any day. A sword? Fine. Bone thing? No, thank you. <laughs> if I'm Yuck. getting stabbed by a bone, there's only a certain place I would like to get stabbed. <laughs> and only a certain bone that I would like to be stabbed yeah, with. Yeah, hey, hey. And that's, that's just between you and me. <laughs> Exactly, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have a nice time. Yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, they so it opens this vortex. Everything's being sucked out. You also get a, a giant face crash through the window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's just like it is magic. Oh, this is so Wizard of Oz. This is yeah. crazy. Like this. Oh my god! No it's, wonder you want to make that fucking forgettable movie. This <laughs> so is so like, bad. We unlocked it. It's uh, it's the Wizard of Oz, but fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets sucked through the vortex as well because he can't stop it because everyone else is dead and he doesn't know and because he's still a doofus he's still a doofus he doesn't know how to speak the Latin yeah. that's what I love about this performance as well it comes even more in the next film where instead of learning how to say the things he just fakes his way through yeah. it coughing and mumbling and it causes him a lot of problems uh, but then this movie ends with him and for some reason his car as well the Oldsmobile being sent back to the 1600s or whatever yep to old knight 
Kingdom Come stuff. The freaking Kingdom of Heaven over here. <laughs> Orlando Bloom's there. <laughs> Orlando's <laughs> blooming out. You got Ridley Scott fucking it up. And Ridley Scott's like, no, trust me, if you watch the director's cut, this film is sick. <laughs> I promise you the director's cut lives up to your, your yeah, Everything you wanted, it was that. It was, it that. was that. It's longer, okay? I'm it's, sorry. Yeah, everything that's longer is better. I couldn't do it in 85 minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, uh, the, then he destroys one of the demons that's come yeah, back with him. shoots it. Shoots it with his freaking boomstick. His boomstick. Oh, uh, we have missed... We just, like, glossed over so many, like, very iconic moments of the film. Yeah. We miss, like... Okay, I have to address this. There's a point in this movie where uh, Ash says the word groovy. And it is... Iconic moments. Yes. It is somehow the most perfect and dumb one-liner in the world, but he says it with so much conviction that it seems cool. And it's like this moment in film history where he says, he's the first person to ever say groovy in a film. <laughs> sure, he's the first one, but he doesn't own it. Our dear friend Mike Myers owns yes. it. And, you know... Uh, <clears throat> Bruce Campbell walks so that Mike Myers can run. <laughs> and shag, baby! <laughs> <laughs> but it's like... Uh, it, so it just ends on this beautiful moment of just like... What the fuck is happening? Yeah. And I think that was the first point where I truly understood, like, oh, now I know why he goes back in time, why it's set in, like, the freaking 1600s. Because it, it, to see, like, pictures and stuff yeah. uh, and uh, of the Army of Darkness, I yeah. was always like, this looks shit. I don't want to see a guy with a chainsaw back in the olden days wearing a college shirt and pants. I don't think that looks cool to me. But as soon as that moment hits in this movie, I watched Army of Darkness... Then, like, within... Moments. I think I watched this one at, like, midnight. Yeah. Evil Dead 2. So, I'm like, okay, I just got to fucking put a few hours in the bed, wake up, <laughs> and the first thing I did on my day off was watch Army of Darkness. Yo, hey, great way to spend the first moments of your day off. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. And a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero... Just swallow us all! Anybody die! What it got was him. Groovy. Fuck, Army of Darkness is such a dumb movie, and I love it so much. I really, really liked it. And I didn't... I kind of... I kind of didn't think I would, but I think it goes further down that Ray Harryhausen... Yeah. Like, Gulliver's travels. Like, these classic... Like, early... Early cinema, or like, early... Not early cinema, but you know, like, you know, 1930s, 40s, 50s of like special effects, early huge special effects. Yeah. Where it's like using superimposed images and like creating scale and stuff and just using stop motion to create just like this sense of unbridled joy and fun in what has begun as like this, this movie that felt very hopeless, the first film. Yeah. It's oh. just like I have so much respect for the tone shifts in these films. It's it's so funny. Like if a time machine ever exists, my first movie is going to go back to eighty one. Just wait outside a screening of The Evil Dead and be like, "Hey, how was that?" They'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, it was good." I was like, "Hey, <laughs> stick around for the third film. He fights a skeleton army," and they'll be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "Nah, trust me." And then, and you then just, just wander off, yeah. <laughs> slowly wander off, live out your days. Yeah, come back. Told you. It's like who? Sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, no, you. Re- they'll remember. <laughs> One guy said a skeleton movie. <laughs> um, yeah, Army of Darkness is freaking sick. Like it has this moment. The moment that I truly fell in love with this was um, 
Ash has been brought back to... Ash is now living in this world. Yeah. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Lots of cool stuff happens. Yeah. But there's a moment where... Um, I can't remember the exact lead up to it, but he breaks... He's once again... Okay, he, I can't remember how... He breaks a mirror or breaks glass. Yeah. And then the glass shatters, and then he's you see these reflections of him. And yeah. there's a very cinematic thing where you see like the reflections... Each show like the entire image of his body, yes, and from different angles yeah. and stuff. Very, very cin- cinematic thing. It's like not; it doesn't look out of character. It looks real, no. yeah, as far as cinema goes. But then, from in- then, those tiny reflections <laughs> come to life and come out of the glass, yes, and like Gulliver's travels starts chasing him around, stabs him with a fork, stabs him with a fork, <laughs> and it's like this is amazing. This is amazing stuff. And then one of them jumps down his throat. And, like, it's very superimposed. It very looks like a green screen. One of them jumps down his mouth and then comes out. And now he's got, like, an evil twin out yeah. there in the world. So, that's actually apparently a continuation to in Evil Dead 2. Mm. There's a mirror where he's like, everything's okay, everything's okay. And there's reflections like, you just cut off your girlfriend's head with a chainsaw. Does that sound okay to you? And he, like, grabs him by the throat through the mirror. Yeah. So, yeah, though apparently... That was Evil Ash as well, but it's only just like a little bit. And then, yeah, the same thing happens with the mirror in this. But then he breaks the mirror, but then it recreates heaps of little ashes. Has like a weird, almost like breakdance sequence because they're like (laughs) just beating him up. (laughs) It's like, it's phenomenal. Like just how the creativity of creating like this scene of nuisance for him. Yeah, it's like, it's just a scene of nuisance. And then it becomes like, you know, once again, it becomes the antagonist of the film. It's like this evil clone of him. But this is also fascinating because, once again, the movie is the recap of the previous two films. <laughs> and once again, it's Ash. We learn a little bit more about him this time. We see that he has, like, an everyday job at, like, a supermarket. Smart. Uh, he works at he works at Smart, And then uh, he's got a, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go for a weekend away with my girlfriend, who's now played by freaking Bridget Fonda. Yeah. Which is, like, that's crazy to me. They're like, oh, now it's a name actress for the last one. <laughs> <laughs> One of the Fonda clan, Peter Fonda's freaking daughter, <laughs> and then which is also crazy. Um, and then he goes back. Uh, then he goes. Then we see him go through the cabin and all that. Yeah, lives through all that again. Then it's the end of the movie. Gets to the. <laughs> then we start <laughs> Army of Darkness. It's just a fascinating movie. It's really, really, really a testament to how dumb you can get with a movie whilst it's still being a good movie. <laughs> Every single scene is just bizarre. There's one like tiny tiny moment that i'm just like obsessed with i find it so funny and i've never really heard anyone talk about it, but it <laughs> you're gonna be the one fucking laugh every some time beautiful boy it. out there has been waiting for this moment and he's finally gonna hear it and so it's you when he makes the metal hand to replace the chainsaw hand just so he has a second working hand again <laughs> they show like it's during a montage there's just like a quick thing of him like tightening nuts and stuff like that screws testing to see if it works <laughs> and there's just like one brief scene where it just shows him karate chop a piece of wood <laughs> and then it cuts to like three girls be like <gasps> and it fucking makes me laugh he's just, it's just so funny it's just like a hand like it, He's just testing out this hand. He decides to just karate <laughs> chop some wood. And then, like, two onlookers are like, has their breath taken away with how amazing this is. Oh, God. Then he, say, then he says Groovy again. You've got to say the Groovy. He For the next couple of years, he owns Groovy. He's, yeah. got, he's got five more years of him owning Groovy. <laughs> so this movie as well, mm-hmm. once again, it's not a rights issue that they have this time. But this is like, you know, like you said, he used, um, he used Dark Man as... 
uh, uh, that was kind of like him now on this film. Pr- he's proved himself. Yeah. He can work with a bigger budget this time. And so the producer that comes on board is Dino De Laurentiis, <laughs> who is like, he's like a, this kind of legendary, insane producer that I'm going to tell you some of the insane movies that All Dino right, De Laurentiis excited. has produced. It's Blue Velvet. Holy shit. A strong start. A strong start. Dune. Another bonkers movie. Serpico, one of my favorite movies of all time. La Strada, Knights of Cabiria, Fellini movies. Conan mm. the Destroyer, not the Barbarian. <laughs> no. Dead Zone, Barbarella, Flash Gordon, Bound. Yep. Which is the first film with the Wachowski siblings. And like the Dead Zone you passed over quickly there, but that's a Cronenberg film and it's yeah. also fucked up. I'm basically telling you like the future of cinema with this yeah. list. Halloween 2, Halloween 3. He produced Manhunter. Oh, holy shit. Which is the first Hannibal Lecter mm-hmm. film. He also produced Hannibal. So I think he didn't have the rights for the one good movie in the franchise. Um, but like Hannibal Rising, he gets the rights back. Oh, and he does Conan the Barbarian as well. Silver Bullet. Ah, oh, man. Death Wish. So he's kind of like this... Like genre producer. Almost. Genre producer. But also he started out like in Italian neorealism and then just like <laughs> got so much money. He's got... He's just... Oh, I'm still just going through the films that he's made. Like they're insane. Raw Deal, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> Orca, which is this horror movie that's Jaws with a killer whale that terrorizes like this Alaskan town. That's an insane movie. Me, Tom, and Demi did like a commentary for it at the Australian Museum last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Body of Evidence, which is with Madonna. He did a King Kong movie, a Ulysses movie. But, you know, he's like this purveyor of genre cinema, um, but of science fiction, of horror films. Yeah. But he's just like this... If there was anyone that was a definition of like money bags, that was just a backer of things, yeah, and kind of was like you know an insane guy, it would be him and like the guys behind Canon Films that yeah. really give what that stereotype is. Yeah, just like it's just like he's just like he's got a lot of money and embraced chaos. Exactly, and like you know, it's like it really is a stereotype because like him, the Canon guys, they're both from like not America. They're both exotic to them. <laughs> where he's like this crazy Italian guy. It's uh, I like unless you've seen Army of Darkness, it's really hard to understand just how fucking dumb and fun <laughs> and silly it is. Oh man, I I would highly recommend catching up with these films. I think they're an absolute blast. I don't know really what else to say about them. Yeah, they they hold up. They're very good. They hold up, and I think like oh. How would you recommend people watch them? Would you say, like, from the start? So, I watched two, then... I think originally I watched two, then one, then three. Machete style, brother. Yeah, my, <laughs> my machete kind of evil dead. Um, if you just... If you're not, like, into, like... If you can't really do low-budget horror, mm. which I know some people aren't super into, like, they find it kind of boring. I, yeah. I personally don't understand that. Because yeah. I think that low-budget horror is almost the most exciting genre because you just <laughs> literally have no idea what could possibly happen. You, the possibilities are truly uh, limited and that's what's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's just so many things we... Uh, there's been so many low-budget horror films where they'll just do a thing and I'm like, holy shit, I guess that's where all of the budget went. <laughs> have you seen... This is totally unrelated, but have you seen a movie called Terrifier? It's a clown oh, horror movie. I've not seen it, but the image pops up on every, like whenever I'm like on, you know, some stand or yeah, streaming yeah. service. So and it looks uh, terrifier is aptly named. I would yeah, say. Yeah. So it's just about this like bad clown uh, that's uh, 
ter- terrifying a town basically or a group of people. And like it's it's gory and stuff like that at points, but then there's a shot where he saws a lady in half. Like she's <laughs> strapped up to the ceiling, naked, like legs towards the ceiling, and he oh saws her straight down. And I was just like watching this is like probably about halfway through the film, and I was just like, I nothing I just saw prepared me for this scene <laughs> at all. There was and nothing leading up to it. No like like people like as in obviously just like nothing had set the tone that that was going to be something that I was going to be witnessing and yeah, that's what I mean like it's a low budget horror movie there's just you just never know what's going to happen Evil Dead's got the same thing there's that tree scene and if we hadn't told you about it that's also like hang on what's going on here what no 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 in the first 15 minutes <laughs> um, I think that if you're listening to this podcast you're obviously like a film nerd of some yeah. kind I think that there's enough in that original Evil Dead for you to get something out of it yeah whether it just be like you know one of the great modern one of the great people that's kind of shaped what we understand blockbuster filmmaking to be yeah like the guy invented the superhero genre yeah with spider-man as we know it today and i think that you can there's enough worth it for that historical perspective yeah to go back to that film and kind of see the roots of all of this career happening you're seeing the colors you're seeing yeah. everything it's like it, it, this is a flashpoint of modern cinema it's, <laughs> yeah. it's what we're saying both prestige and blockbuster everything started with this in this 80 minutes <laughs> in this 80 minute movie of people getting fucked up heads exploding melting faces it's so insane um yeah and also the first evil dead this year i'm not sure if it's released or not but they've done like a 4k re- mm. re- remaster of it Evil and- Dead 2, I know, is a 4K remaster as well that's screened mm. around, and uh, I think it, I've I bought the 4K Blu-ray. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will th- lend it out to every listener. <laughs> <laughs> Email in. Uh, every five-star review of this podcast gets a free <laughs> copy of Evil Dead 2 4K Blu-ray. For, for, uh, for one day, for then one you must day. pass it off to the next person. <laughs> but yeah, there is a 4K remaster of the original as well these days. Yeah, and the, I know that they've updated the score because the uh, the person who did the music for it was like, uh, I didn't, because it was such a low budget, I didn't get to like do what I, mm. I envisioned properly. I haven't seen that one, so I don't know if... Because occasionally when they go back and fix stuff like yeah. that, it kind of fucks it. Yeah. Just ask George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> oh, my blood is boiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good time to watch it because it seems like that it's back in... It's the 40th year anniversary. No, it can't be because it came in in 81. Anyway, yeah. it's sometime. It's, it's, it's an anniversary every year. It's an anniversary every year. I think it's... it's in, Yeah, now it's pretty accessible to just find it. Yeah. I bought the original one for like three bucks on, on Google Video. Yeah. Must have say Gmail. <laughs> they Gmailed me the freaking video, dude. And That's I loved how fucking it. easy it is to get. It's just so easy. <laughs> but Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness are both readily available, and they're all streaming in like 4K. I think mm. at least on like Stan and stuff. As is the movie that you and I are going to be discussing in one week's time. <gasps> We're going to be sitting in this room waiting with that tree that we have planted. <laughs> like it's the seed that we we watered it. We've been watering it all episode. It's now a full grown tree, and it looks like it's going to be up to freaking no good. <laughs> Look out! So we will be next week discussing the remake, Evil Dead, that came out in the year 2013. Uh, it is. I will tell you this, uh, this is probably one of the most requested pairings that we do on this podcast. Wow. We've got a lot of times in the Patreon group when I when I say what do you guys want us to cover, it's usually this and Dread that I see over and over oh, again. Okay. And guess what? I've never done either of them until now. <laughs> until right now. 
So that'll be us next week discussing Evil Dead. In the meantime, if you want to catch up with Dusha, you've got a million podcasts also on the Sans Pants Network. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you've got so, Thumb Cramps. Which is a video game podcast. i got Plumbing the Death Star, which is the big one on Sans Pants. That's like a pop culture one. Yeah. Alexa, you've been on some episodes of that. I've been on it. I've had a best time on it. It's very fun. Basically, what you guys do on that podcast is talk about like uh, something that is I find very delightful and yeah. funny that I think if you listen to this podcast, you'll like where you... You kind of like building in on the inanities behind, yeah. uh, like great popular culture. Yeah, so we basically just ask like whether it be like a relatively boring question about mm. like pop culture, like or like a film in itself, but the universe the film creates. Yeah. So like the title comes from like who does the plumbing on the Death Star, which is something that the films up until the Force Awakens had never covered, but then they <laughs> did answer that. So that was a weird moment in cinema where I was like, huh. That's our show. <laughs> <laughs> they knew. They knew. They, they knew. found out. Um, so yeah, the, we, that's been going for ages. There's a lot of episodes. And if you haven't heard it and you look at, if you're like, hey, that sounds good. Just literally scroll through the episodes, find a topic that you're like, yes. You've covered them. That's it. That's the one I want to hear. Listen to that. I don't need to listen to it in order. It's <laughs> not a podcast <laughs> where like, don't start with episode one. We were bad for a while and now we're good. Well, I think the last one that I did, uh, it was which classic universal monster would be the best mafia boss yeah see, so that's where, like that. <laughs> where that's years later now. that's where you're at <laughs> thank you so much for having me on this oh podcast. my pleasure i've been i've wanted to have you on this for so long i think you and i met like three or four three years ago when yeah. you guys first came to sydney and did some live shows yeah and we didn't know each other i did your live show and i was like these guys rule yeah please be my friends irl yeah and finally we're business partners yeah yeah you planted a seed then and we've been watering it and now <laughs> that tree has grown into Total Reboot is on the Sandspants Radio Network. Yeah, we're so glad to be on there. All the new people that have been coming from Sandspants, they've been sending such nice messages. Hey, and that's stuff good. To us and Ladies Guide uh, to Dude Cinema as well. And it's been great. It's been such a joy. Yeah. You know, it's a bit nerve wracking coming to a different audience and stuff. But yeah. But it's yeah. just like you guys are the best fans. It's been so nice. Hey, that's good to hear. And any Sandspants fans listening, don't like let this get to your ego too much. I just think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love with you. I'm in love. I'm in love. Uh, you're on Twitter and Instagram? Yes, I am. Uh, you can find me at douche13, D-U-S-C-H-1-3. Um, that's pretty much my handle on everything. And if you just search for my full name on Letterboxd, oh, come on. Yeah. If you want to join me and Amran and all our other friends in the Patreon group, uh, five bucks a month to patreon.com slash total reboot will get you access to that and our bonus podcast where we either riff and create our own reboots based on classic movies like Back to the Future and stuff. Sick. Or sometimes we'll do extras in our mini series. We did all the Batman animated movies. Ooh. Well, not all of them, just two of them. We did Lego Batman and Mask of the Phantasm for our Bat- Joker hey, series. Great films. Great films. Probably the two of the best films that we covered. Uh, and I think we just have chucked up our live episode that we taped in Sydney um, a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, where we did our 10 best films of the decade. Actually, the 10 best films of the decade. There was no our. This is the definitive list for everyone on this This, planet. Everyone decided. Everyone decided. Well, no, we decided on behalf of everyone. Uh, But that was really fun. Uh, So thank you so much for joining me. Thank Um, you. And is is there any Sans Pants stuff that you need to plug as well? No, hey, if you like Sandspan stuff, head to sandspansradio.com. Or if you would like to... So we, you can access us through Patreon, but we also have our own uh, website where you can hear exclusive podcasts, which is sandspansplus.com. For $5 a month, you get like way too many bonus podcasts <laughs> to the point where I don't think it's possible to listen to as much stuff as we put out. For $10 a month, you get even more. 
Um, you also get access to things like a Discord and things like that where you can yeah. like speak to the host directly. It's all happening. I'm on the Discord as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're trying to get something up on Sans Pants Plus eventually as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, so Some I've, limited stuff. I've had some uh, rumors. So that's a bit of another... We're so good at sizzling. We're so good at sizzling. And let's just say the content would be perhaps sizzled in some ways itself. <laughs> um, that does not sizzling anything for you, but it might be hinting to nothing. <laughs> yeah, hey, maybe this is a sizzle for a sizzle, or maybe it's, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's a fizzle. Maybe it's, it's, it's a sizzle or a fizzle, and we can definitely agree on that. Uh, to close us out, Dusha, can you just please just tell me the importance of cinema in your life? Cinema, I think, Alexi, and thank you so much for asking, cinema My is pleasure. maybe the most best thing. Mm. Maybe it's the only thing. Wow. Cinema, movies, films, I love it all. You heard it here first. It's official. Movies are freaking awesome. <laughs>